I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you once again on a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, this is going to be a fun podcast, you know, as we get through the the winter sports season. And obviously we've talked a lot of football, a lot of men's basketball. One sport that we haven't touched on a lot is wrestling. And, and why is that? Well, even though I was a, a high school wrestler here in Iowa, I am far from an expert. And so uh, so I, I need to bring on somebody to help me talk Iowa wrestling. But there's nobody better to do that than Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. Cody, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me. No, thanks for having me. I know I've, uh, you know, whatever I can do to talk a little bit more wrestling, and, and especially when it comes to Iowa wrestling, you know, because this year, next year, and really in the years ahead, this, this is a really exciting team that I think people are going to, you know, if they aren't already following them, there's more of a reason to maybe follow this team in this program. So thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I know I know you covered the, the meet uh, Friday night against Nebraska, the duel over in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. I read, read your piece in, in the Des Moines Register about this. And I guess I just want to start with this, how strange it must have been. And, and you write about how strange it was to have a very limited crowd uh, for meet especially uh, you know a number one ranked Iowa team that there's a lot of hype and a lot of excitement about uh just a quiet quiet Carver Hawkeye arena third man um you know they they had the benefit of you know a really really good home schedule last year you know all the heavy hitters in the Big Ten which is the wrestling conference when it comes to college wrestling um they had the benefit of having all those heavy hitters come to Carver Hawkeye here um just a tremendous home slate they had 10,000 plus fans at every single home duel last year even for the opener against Tennessee Chattanooga, who's not a strong program. You know, they're a program that's kind of in, you know, the middle to smaller tier um, of Division One wrestling. But, you know, still 10,000 people showed up for that duel. They sold out um, Penn, the Penn State duel in late January. They came close to selling out against Oklahoma State and Ohio State and a couple others. Um, you know, and then to go from that to, you know, an announced crowd of less than 250 people against Nebraska, who – you know, I think is a very, very good run. The Hawkeyes thumped them pretty good last Friday, but not a lot of people in the building. It was really weird. It was really eerie. Um, you know, I'm sure you've been at Carver, whether it's for wrestling meets or, or for, you know, basketball games, and there's just kind of a buzz there when you know it's a really big, meaningful game. And, you know, I thought this was a pretty big, meaningful duel, not just because it was the first, but because of who they were wrestling. And it was just odd. It was really odd. It was really eerie. And that, that's just kind of how it's going to be this season. Um, you know, not just wrestling, but all sports, but, 
Um, you know, after what we experienced last year with our home schedule, it was it was it was a weird experience for sure. But we're you know we're all taking these these weird experiences, this this strange time, and uh, and trying to make the best out of them. And I, th- I think you did a good job with that with uh, with talking about you know the fact that. You can hear a little bit more. You you have a little bit more of a, of insight into what's being said. You know, not not just on the mat, but by coaches, by by refs, between the wrestlers. Uh, so I guess that that's maybe the the bright side of a, of a otherwise quiet Carver Hawkeye Arena. It was definitely an entertaining part. You know, when when there's ten thousand people in that building, you know, basketball, wrestling, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to maybe hear what's being said down on the floor. And, and, you know, occasionally there's a few quiet moments and a coach will yell out something and you'll hear it. And maybe it's funny. Maybe it's a little weird. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when there's only, you know, 300 people there, you know, less than that, um, you, you get a really good sense of what's being said down there on the floor. So, you know, I actually had a separate notebook and, you know, wrote down a couple of things that I was hearing on the floor. You know, there was you know, Tom Brands ran to the table one time when there was a review going on, and he's like, should have been four back points. That's why you're confused. Um, you know, we heard the official say at the beginning of the 133-pound match, you know, uh, it, it was a COVID thing, you know, acknowledge without shaking hands, and they shook hands anyway, and that made me laugh. Um, you know, they, you know Terry and, and Tom and um, even the Nebraska bench, I wish I would have kept more notes about what the Nebraska bench was saying, but, you know, they're just chirping back and forth, yelling at each other. It was, it was, that part was actually pretty entertaining. So, you know, it's going to be weird without a crowd, but we are going to get to hear a little bit more about what they're saying down on the floor, which maybe could provide some additional insight. I don't know. I thought it was cool that first time and, you know, I just kind of hope it it, it sticks uh, moving forward. You know, you talk about kind of the the potential of this team, not just this year, the few years to come, and kind of how they're set up. But let's take it back to to last March. And Cody, I, I've said this a couple of times in the uh, in, in the the months since. I'm not sure that any program, I mean, really any sports entity in in the world, uh, lost more when things stopped in March than the Iowa wrestling program. And and obviously. Thankfully, we'll, we'll get a chance to kind of make up that year and, and ultimately get to four national championships. But I felt like Iowa was poised to win a national championship in wrestling, which is something that hasn't been done in in too long, in, in a decade, uh, to kind of take that mantle back from uh, Kale Sanderson and Penn State and really kind of make their mark uh, back on the wrestling world. I mean, obviously, Iowa is always a contender, and, and the program is uh, is where it is for a reason. But to, to actually win that national championship, to put that piece of hardware you know, into the wrestling room and, and make your mark atop that mountain again would have been huge for this program would have been huge for Tom Brands and a lot of these wrestlers and that was all taken away last year uh, when the world stopped because of COVID do you agree with me is is that kind of the uh, did did they lose maybe more than than anybody else uh, when things stopped last March yeah I think there's something to be said about that you know I think you know you can look at it from a basketball sense too Um, you know I I, a lot of people that listen to this show are you know obviously huge basketball fans and rightfully so the Hawkeyes are are a very entertaining and exciting basketball program Um, you know I think you know Luca Garza missed out I think on March Madness too just you know the marketability Iowa made a run you know he kind of becomes the face of this March Madness run that the Hawkeyes could have went on and, and who knows what that does for him professionally right I mean that opens up so many more doors when you know, you're, you're, you're on TV like that and you're able to play so well. And they, you know, they were playing really well by the end of last year. Um, same can be said for the Iowa wrestlers and, and especially, you know, I think wrestling as a whole, um, you know, those three days in March at the NCAA championships, those are huge. You know, those are all three days, all six sessions of the tournament are on the main ESPN channel. Um, that is a huge marketing ability that maybe anybody outside of the big 10 
doesn't normally get, right? So you would have had stories like Spencer Lee's dominant run. He ended up winning the Hodge Trophy, which is college wrestling's Heisman Trophy, um, you know, last season. Um, you know, a guy like Pat Lugo, who transferred in from Iowa and after a couple years finally figured it out. He was a favorite to win a national title last year. Um, you know, the, the rivalries between Alex Marinelli and Mark Hall from Penn State and Michael, or Michael Kemmer and Mark Hall from Penn State, excuse me, Alex Marinelli and Vincenzo Joseph. Um, you know, and then just the fact that Iowa, you know, they, they kind of wire for wire were pretty much the best team in college wrestling last year. And that was such a special season. And then, you know, COVID-19 comes in, they throw a wrench into everything. And there was just kind of a, you know, like a taste of unfinished business. That's kind of the phrase that they were using a couple weeks ago, you know, ahead of the, this first duel against Nebraska last week. And, um, you know, th- th- this is this season kind of feels like a, something of a redemption tour, right? I mean, they, they feel like that they got robbed. You know, it literally took a worldwide pandemic to keep Iowa from winning a national title. That's how good that team was. That's how well they were wrestling. I mean, they won the Big Ten Conference by 25 and a half points. That is a substantial margin, um, you know, when you look at, you know, just the Big Ten conferences in wrestling is basically SEC in football. I mean, they're that good. They're that deep. Um, there's a lot of really, really good teams that were going to make some noise at the NCAA championships, and Iowa basically lapped the field. And, you know, to not get that opportunity to finish the season, yeah, it left a sour taste in their mouth. And, um, you know, they're basically coming back this year as, as as determined as ever because they didn't get that opportunity. And now they're kind of doing everything that they can to, you know, not only solidify the fact that, hey, they probably should have won it last year, but um, you know, they, they want to run it back basically this year and say, hey, you know, we, we are the best team in college wrestling. This program is back where it's supposed to be, um, which, you know, one duel in been pretty fun to watch because they dismantled a pretty good Nebraska team last Friday. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's hard and it's 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 almost unfair to put the, you know, that level of expectation on a team, but... Let's be honest, this is where Iowa wrestling has ascended to, uh, you know, over the decades and, and under the tutelage of, you know, some of the best coaches and wrestlers in the history of the sport. Is this a must-win-a-national-title year for Iowa, and, and can they do it? Will they do it? Do you, do you predict this happening? Yeah, you know, I, they're the team to beat, you know, until proven otherwise. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of other teams I think I have an eye on just to kind of see what their lineups look like. You know, how would they stack up against Iowa, you know, in a dual setting, in a tournament setting? Um, you know, where are the points going to come from? You know, I, I, the question is, you know, who could take down Iowa and, and how could they potentially do it? Um, you know, a team like Penn State, that's a team everybody here in Iowa probably has their eyes on. You know, what kind of lineup are they going to roll out there? They've always been very, very good on the recruiting trail since Kale got there. Um, you know, they have another pretty formidable team this year, I think. They might be dealing with a couple of injuries here and there. But, you know, they got a team that's going to score some points. they got a team that is going to make, um, you know, both the duel, because I think Iowa wrestles Penn State at Happy Valley in February, and then, you know, the Big Ten and the NCAA tournaments. Um, you know, I, Penn State's going to be a really intriguing team. How do, they, how do they compete? How Are they able to put enough points together to hang with the Hawkeyes? I think they're, they have the capability. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen because they haven't wrestled yet this year. Um, you know, sim- sim- similar thing kind of down with Oklahoma State. You know, I think they- they've got a lot of really nice pieces in their lineup. Um, you know, I think that they-, they could present a few problems for the Hawkeyes, you know, especially in a dual setting. I wish they could wrestle this year because I think that'd be a really, really fun duel. 
Um, but, you know, but that's another intriguing team. You know, I, you know, where are their points going to come from? Do they have enough firepower to hang with the Hawkeyes? Um, you know, time will tell because it's such a funky year and it's really kind of uh, dual centric this year that we really don't get to see a lot of teams in a tournament setting. So, it's, you know, we may not get to know these things until early March. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, outside of maybe those two and maybe a couple others, I, you know, I was going to be that team again this year. You know, they, they brought back nine of 10 starters from last year's team that, you know, went 13 and 0 in duels. They kind of blew the doors off of everybody. The one team they didn't, Penn State, everything kind of went wrong in that duel and they still found a way to prevail. Um, you know, which kind of showed their collective mental toughness, um, you know, and then they lapped the field at the Big Ten championships. The only person they're missing is, is Pat Lugo, like I mentioned earlier. You know, he was a Big Ten champ, a Midlands champ. He was the number one seed at the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, he graduated last year, but in his place, kind of, you know, using air quotes, is, is this three-time all who transferred in, Jaden Ironman. Um, he slotted in at 141, so Max Murin bumped up from 41 to 49 to kind of take Lugo's spot. And you know, it's the same team coming back, man. I mean, they, they have just as much firepower. They have just as much determination to kind of finish the job that they couldn't finish last year. So, you know, I think absolutely they're the team to beat. And, um, you know, I think it remains to be seen if anybody really has the firepower to catch this team. Does anybody have the firepower to, to stop Spencer Lee? Is is this kind of a, a train that's on the tracks at this point where uh, it's hard to see him? I mean, it's hard to see him being challenged in, in some of these some of these matches, Cody, but but is this I guess my my overall question is for a program where we can get very hyperbolic and talk about greatest of all time and, and all of these things how good is Spencer Lee is I mean is is he one of the greatest wrestlers in in Iowa wrestling history I he's trending that way I think it's probably hard to say right now because he's only halfway through his career but um, you know, he's only the third Hawkeye ever to, to win the Hodge Trophy, which, like I said earlier, it's college wrestling Heisman Trophy. It's given to the best pound-for-pound pound most dominant wrestler in a given season. You know, last year he went 18-0 and with, with 17 bonus point wins, um, which is a little unheard of. That was, that's the best bonus point um, percentage rate since, I think, Kale Sanderson won his third one. Um, so that's just, you know, he's, he's, he's on a different tier. You know, on top of going 18-0 and last year, you know, he also ran through the field at at the U.S. Freestyle Senior National Championships, which is graduates, a lot of the best collegiate wrestlers. And, um, you know, that's how he punched his ticket to qualify for the Olympic trials. I mean, 2020 was supposed to be a really big year for Spencer Lee. He wanted to, um, you know, qualify for the Olympic trials, help Iowa win a team title, win a Big Ten title, win an NCAA title, qualify for the Olympic team, and then go win Olympic gold. Um, COVID-19 threw a wrench into all that, so he basically backed up all those goals a year, um, you know, now to 2021. So, um, you know, he got a really good start with, uh, you know, an 81-second pin to start his season last week against Nebraska's Leon Cronin. Um, you know, I think he is tracking to be maybe the best Hawkeye wrestler of all time. I think there's a lot of diehard fans who might already think, you know, hey, considering his credentials, the way he wrestles and how he's wrestled his first few years so far, that, yeah, he's probably, you know, the best to ever wear a Hawkeye singlet. But, you know, I think over these next two years, I think he can really solidify himself as maybe the best to ever come through the program, which is a pretty impressive feat when you consider a lot of the best wrestlers that have come through here, like the Bannock brothers, Royce Alger, Tom Brands, who's now the head coach, Mark Ironside, um, you know, I, Brent Metcalf not too long ago, Corey Clark. Uh, there's a lot of great wrestlers that have worn the all-black singlet, and, and Spencer Lee is, you know, I think he's tracking to be maybe the best to ever do it, which is, that's saying something considering the history of this program. He's been that good.
Lincoln McAravey was my guy when I when I was uh, when I was a wrestler back in you know in, in Urbanville in the nineties. That was uh, that was my guy, Lincoln McAravey. I, I wanted to be I wanted to be like him. I, I didn't achieve that, Cody. Believe it or not, uh, I, <laughs> I did not. Did there's, not... So, there's so many great wrestlers in that program that I you know I shouldn't forget Lincoln McAravey. But you know he was I mean he was the last true freshman to win a national title for Iowa before Spencer did. So incredible. You know, that kind of tells incredible. you the rare air that he's in, right? So we talk about Iowa, you know, in position to win a national championship. We talk about Spencer Lee, uh, you know, maybe uh, on his on his way to winning another national championship. Who are the other guys who are kind of in that in that caliber have that potential for this season? I mean, obviously uh, Marinelli, DeSanto. Uh, you, you mentioned Ironman. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think those are probably the guys that everybody has their eyes on already. Are there other guys in this lineup who have the potential to, to win a an individual national title this year? I'd say the Hawkeyes probably have five legitimate individual title contenders. We've talked about Spencer Lee. Um, you know, we mentioned Jaden Ironman at 141. He is the, uh, you know, he's, he's currently the number one ranked wrestler, I think, unanimously, depending on whatever, whichever poll you use. He's, he's the number one guy. Um, you know, he'll be challenged a little bit throughout the year. You know, I'm really curious to see the Penn State duel for him because Penn State has a pretty tough 141-pounder in Nick Lee. Um, you know, and they've kind of gone back and forth, whether it's folk style or freestyle wrestling. So um, that one could be a really interesting match. Uh, you mentioned Alex Marinelli. Um, you know, he's currently ranked second. He was, you know, he's a two-time Big Ten champ. He was the one seed going into the NCAA championships last year. Um, you know, that's a guy that's determined as ever. He hasn't even been to the NCAA finals. The closest he got was the, the semifinals his redshirt freshman year. And, you know, he ran into a buzzsaw in Illinois, Isaiah Martinez. So, um, you know, he's got some pretty tough customers around him at that weight. Um, you know, but I think this, this, could po- this could probably be the year that he finally breaks through that ceiling and gets it done. Uh, Michael Kemmer at 174. Um, you know, he, I think he's pretty clear cut the top guy to beat at that weight. Um, you know, there's, there's a handful of challengers who I think could make it really interesting, like Michigan's Logan Massa. He's really tough. Penn State has another really tough wrestler in Carter Starachi, who I think could give Kemmer a problem. Uh, you know, Nebraska's Mikey Labriola. We were supposed to see that last Friday, but Tom Brands had other plans and inserted true freshman Patrick Kennedy into the lineup. So that's another guy that I think, you know, Kemmer's really going to have to hone in on and, and you know, kind of be prepared to wrestle that guy when it matters. Um, you know, and then I think the other one, and this might surprise some people, but Jacob Warner at 197 pounds. I know people might not think of that as much because he lost his season opening match last week to uh, to Eric Schultz from Nebraska, who I think is another title contender. But there's there's 197 is a weight that is very wide open. Um, you know, Ohio State's Colin Moore um, was kind of that dude last year at that weight. He was the favorite, and and you know now that he's graduated, you know there's a lot of different guys here who I think could emerge from the pack and ultimately win this weight. You know, it all kind of depends on, you know, how locked in are you during those three days in March. And, you know, Jacob Warner is a guy that I think has all the pieces. Um, you know, he can be aggressive when he locks in mentally and physically. He's very, very hard to beat. Um, you know, he stumbled a little bit out of the gate and a lost Eric Schultz, who I would put in that championship tier at 197. But, you know, there's somewhere between, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 guys at that weight who I think could win a national title. Um, and I put Warner in. There. It remains to be seen as the season unfolds, you know, you know, kind of what that tier maybe looks like from a rankings perspective, from a seeding perspective. But, you know, he has all the tools to go get it done. It's just a matter of kind of locking in both mentally and physically, um, you know, once we get to the NCAA championships. If he does that, I, I really like his odds. So I think those are probably, 
you know, we're talking five individuals that have potential title contenders. That's half the freaking lineup. That should tell you how good this <laughs> Iowa team really is, right? It's amazing. It, it, it's really fun. And uh, if, if you're not on board with this, if you're not following, uh, obviously this podcast will help because Cody is a, a wealth of knowledge about these things. But, uh, but yeah, get on board with this uh, this Iowa wrestling program. And, and you can do that uh, Friday night, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Iowa is at Minnesota. Cody, what should we expect from, from this meet other than, you know, probably an Iowa win? Yeah, I think, you know, I, you look at kind of the weights and how they stack up. And, I mean, this is another duel where, you know, it may not be unlike the, you know, how Nebraska unfolded last Friday. I mean, Iowa just has a little too much firepower, a little too much depth, I think, overall across the board. Um, you know, I just, I think they're way too heavily favored at a handful of these weights. There are a few interesting weights that I think, you know, will be very important when it comes to, you know, Big Ten seating and NCAA seating. Um, you know, a weight like 149 pounds between Max Murin and, and Michael Blockus from Minnesota. Michael Blockus is actually a, a New Hampton graduate. He was at UNI before he decided to transfer up to Minnesota this past offseason. Um, so that'll be a fun little match. 157, Caleb Young um, looked very much like his All-American self last Friday after maybe he stumbled near the end of last season, looked really good in his opener against Nebraska. He's got a pretty tough matchup against uh, Minnesota's Brayton Lee. Um, and then the big one, I think, that heavyweight, right? You, go, you got uh, Minnesota's Gable Stevenson, who – you know, has been the number one ranked wrestler for the last couple of years. Um, you know, this is a guy that's got um, international credentials from, you know, while he was in high school and early in his college career. Um, you know, and then he's got Tony Cassiope. That's a top three matchup. Uh, Tony Cassiope from Iowa, third ranked heavyweight. Gable Stevenson, obviously number one. Um, you know, that'll be a really good test for Tony Cassiope to kind of see where he stacks up against a guy that, you know, he's not only going to have to beat to win Big Ten and NCAA championships, but, you know, potentially to make world teams down the line. So, um, you know, this will be just kind of another chapter in a series that Gable Stevenson has dominated, um, you know, but, you know, how much has Cassiope grown during this kind of weird offseason? Where is he at mentally? Where is he at physically? How does he stack up against somebody that we all think is, is pretty dang talented at the heavyweight? Um, so th- those are kind of the three matches to watch. Outside of that, I mean, this this should be all Hawkeyes unless something something weird happens. So, um, you know, the Gophers are a pretty tough team, but they're kind of, you know, probably more around that 14, 15, 16 range in, in terms of, you know, kind of where they stack up as a team. Um, you know, I like the Hawks to probably win seven, eight, maybe nine matches out of the 10. Um, it could get pretty lopsided in a hurry depending on where they start. Cody, here's what I like to do, man. I, I, uh, I've really enjoyed this. Um, this is fun, and I want to keep up with you and with this wrestling program throughout this season. So uh, I want to have you back uh, on this podcast before the the Penn State meet. Uh, that's February 12th is is that one. And then, ag- again, as we head into, like, Big Ten championships and, and NCAA championships. So I'm going to kind of dub you my, uh, my wrestling go-to guy here, if that's all right. I happily appreciate that. That Penn State <laughs> duel is going to be a lot of fun, especially just – kind of knowing or kind of we think we know who Penn State's going to have this year they've got some pretty tough young guys who you know could potentially make some noise and then obviously the Big Ten Championship's going to set the entire postseason in motion so you know absolutely whatever you guys need let me know I'd be happy to jump on and talk more wrestling um, clearly I can ramble about it for, for hours right <laughs> if you're not following him on Twitter Twitter he is at Cody Goodwin do follow him there and follow all of his work uh, at the Des Moines Register he does a great job you're, you're the best wrestling uh, guy in the state right now Cody so we appreciate it I appreciate you jumping on with me and uh, and really you know kind of asking me to do this you're like hey I'm, I'm, I want to talk wrestling I want to talk Hawkeye wrestling let's let's do this damn thing so I, I really appreciate this man this was fun Anytime I can talk more wrestling, you know, I'm, I'm always game for it. So I appreciate you doing this, and I appreciate your, your willingness to lightly pencil me in in the future, too. So I know that we're going to learn a lot more about this team and other teams as the season unfolds. So uh, real happy to do this. I appreciate you having me on, A.D.
That is Cody Goodwin. That was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad to have him on. And, yeah, we, uh, we're we going to dive into that Iowa-Penn State matchup when that when that comes in February. Go weight by weight on that. And, you know, want to dive a little bit more into, into wrestling here this season as, uh, as Iowa, you know, goes on to, uh, to hopefully win another national championship and, um, you know, add some trophies and, and some accolades to Spencer Lee's career and, uh, and some of these other guys. Uh, also want to talk to Cody about, you know, just what it's like to cover the Brands family. Now that Nelson Brand, Terry's son, Nelson Brands is uh, is part of the program. Tom Brands is obviously one of the most fun guys to talk to, talk about, uh, listen to uh, in, in the sport, really in all of sports. And so that's a lot of fun. I do want to hit on the uh, the Iowa basketball team just quickly here, as uh, as we're midweek. Iowa ranked number fourth in the country, and uh, and heading into a game uh, tomorrow night at home against Indiana, uh, and then don't have a game this weekend because that Nebraska game has been postponed due to COVID within the Nebraska program. And as we sit here, you know, on Wednesday afternoon, kind of surprised that a move hasn't been made to to move up this Iowa-Illinois game, which is scheduled for next Friday. But Illinois' game this weekend against Michigan State has been postponed. So you've got Iowa and Illinois, you know, two of the best teams in the conference, two of the top 25 teams in the country just sitting at home this weekend waiting to play each other next Friday. And what worries me is is the way the Big Ten is not being proactive about this. Why not move this game up? Uh, Chad Lysico has, has pitched this. Several people have pitched this. It just makes sense. Why not move this game into this weekend? It's an easy travel uh, for Iowa to go to Illinois. It wouldn't throw things off that badly. You could have a Sunday afternoon game. That gives Iowa plenty of time to, to prepare for that game, gives Illinois plenty of time to prepare for that game, and gives you then the next week to hopefully reschedule some of these games that have, have been postponed. Iowa still needs to play Michigan State. They still need to play this Nebraska game. Will this happen? Well, not if you're going to wait until the end of the regular season and then try to s- slam them all in before the NCAA tournament. That's That's a bad plan. To try to play three games a week leading into the NCAA tournament and exhaust your entire league, that's a bad plan. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be flexible. And uh, it seems like the Big Ten, at least again, as we sit here, hopefully at some point we'll learn that uh, these talks have happened and and that something is happening. Uh, But I I just don't understand why you're going to have Iowa and Illinois sit out for a week instead of just moving this game up and and playing each other. And not just because I really want to see this game, because I do really want to see this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And and obviously it's a little less scary from an Iowa perspective than than it was earlier in the season. Although I I still think Illinois is a great team, regardless of of how many times they lose. They they match up well against Iowa, and it's going to be an interesting uh, game to watch. And we only get it once this year, which is a disappointment in and of itself. Uh, Tomorrow night, Iowa hosts Indy. Indiana, an Indiana team that uh, you know just hasn't hasn't been great this year. has has given games to uh, several people. I think took Wisconsin to to two overtimes uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, beat Maryland pretty handily, beat Penn State, but that you know lost by double digits to Purdue, uh, lost to Northwestern, uh, lost to Illinois. The this Indiana team did, and so uh, I think Iowa should handle their business tomorrow night. Uh, against Indiana again, it's at home. It's an eight o'clock tip, and and I will have a an instant reaction podcast coming uh, as soon as that game is over, and then we will just kind of wait and see, and and hopefully there's a game before next Friday. If not, I guess we'll just gear up for that, and then 
you know, hold on to your butts, right? What is uh, what's the Big Ten going to do? How are they going to get through this season? As um, you know, teams are starting to drop all around the country due to COVID. We're starting to miss games. We we heard from Fran McCaffrey last week saying he he wants some flexibility in the NCAA tournament. There's no reason to set these dates. There's no reason to say. They have to be played. These games have to be played at these times. Uh, why not be a little more flexible? It can go into April. It can go into May. Rick Patino talked about May Madness. Uh, that's something that that needs to be an option and maybe a last resort, but it just needs to be an option. We don't know where we're going to be as, as a country dealing with this, where the vaccine will be uh, as we get into the NCAA tournament, but the NCAA yesterday put out their dates. They put out the, the hard days uh, of the tournament. It's uh, a little weird that it's going to be rather than Thursday through Sunday in that first round. It's going to be Friday through Monday. Um, same thing with the, the following week. I think the, the Sweet 16 games are Saturday, Sunday. The Elite Eight games will be Monday, Tuesday. And then in the Final Four in the championship will be Saturday, Monday, uh, which is kind of traditional for that. And hopefully Iowa is involved in, in all of those things. Joe Lunardi has Iowa as a one seed, the fourth one seed in his most recent bracketology was just, just incredible to, to look at bracketology and see Iowa as a one seed and feel like it's deserved and it's possible and it's not an overreach. You know, there was a time in the, the 2015 season, 2016 season, where Iowa was projected as a, as a one seed. You know, got off to a great start in the Big Ten and, and was ranked in the top five. But it never felt sustainable. Um, you didn't see the fade coming that ultimately came. I'm not saying that that was predicted or anything like that. But it didn't feel like... It felt a little more fluky than than this feels. This feels like this is where Iowa should be uh, at this point. And so uh, to see Iowa on that one line is 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 really, really fun. We're going to have a bunch of stuff covered for you here on HawkeyeNation.com as we always do. Uh, but thank you for listening to this. We'll do more of these kind of one-off podcasts. And as I said with Cody, I, I plan to talk to him before that Penn State game or match or the duel uh, before the, the Big Ten duels. And then again, as we head into the national championships, and hopefully putting Iowa back where it's rightful place atop college wrestling. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.